Hello and welcome back to Lilith's Petcast. I am your host James and today we are going over the episode Proud as a Peacock? I said it a little weird ending the episode last episode but that episode was just weird and I kind of wanted to get it over and I was a bit tired but whatever we're here we're here and we have new energy for this new episode so here we go uh, so Blythe is reading something and Pepper comes up to her and Pepper commends Blythe for studying and pulls out a horn and says, I'm going to give you a hand. No one gets it. And then Pepper sees the horn and says it was supposed to be a big rubber hand, but then the joke failed. Whatever. So Blythe suggests that she organize her props while the horn gets stuck on Pepper's face and then the pets help her take it off. So Mrs. Twombly comes in with some news. Today's day I camper is... Basil the Peacock, the newest resident at the downtown city Botanical Gardens. So there's Botanical Gardens. Okay, I like like a map. A map would be helpful, or at least a better understanding of what the city. Like, I mean, I I guess the whole like New York City breaking up thing. Like, if that isn't true and it's just some other city, like a new city, well then, okay, well, no, where would that be? Because, like, like, the East Coast has a lot of... This is weird. This whole city thing is weird. So, whatever, he's just staying here until everything is ready at the Botanical Gardens. And uh, she also picks some stuff up and thinks she's putting it away, but the box she throws it in has holes and causing it to, uh, like, falls all over the place, which is nice and a detail I thought it was going to come back, but actually wasn't. So, Russell asks, uh, well, Mrs. Trombley leaves and then Russell asks if he heard right. And then Blythe says, yeah, and he gets mad because he doesn't want a prima donna to show up and act like he owns the place. Which, fun fact, I guess, about me. Uh, I didn't know prima donna was a realish word until somewhat recently. Because I thought it was named after Madonna. But it's the other way around. When Madonna takes her name from Prima Donna. And the only reason I know that is because I insisted that the final evolution of Popolio was called Primarina. But it's actually Primarina based on Prima Donna and Marine. And not Prime as in Prime Time and Marine. But... You know, that's neither here nor there. I just felt like sharing. So then Zoe imagines what that would be like and imagines a peacock bumping her out of her mirror space to look at himself because he's so cool and macho and a prima donna, essentially. And she is huffed at that. Meanwhile, Vinny imagines what that would be like and it's a robot peacock who is intent on destroying Vinny with his laser vision. And Vinny runs around. And I actually like the lighting effect because it's all blue, so it looks kind of futury. It's it's a good effect. 
And then he freaks out in real life and tells everyone to run and be afraid of the robo-peacock. So, uh, Blythe assures Vinny that he's not a robo-peacock, and I know that's not the point, but it it is possible for it to be a robot peacock, Blythe. Don't, don't say it to be so dismissive. It is possible robots exist... You you even saw someone using robotic birds before. There is no reason that this can't be a robot peacock, except for the fact that he's coming here instead of, you know, going to a robot storage facility or being with their owner or whatever. Uh, hmm. There's no reason that that can't happen, Blythe. I don't know why you seem so dismissive. Or why I made you like that. It's something... I don't think... Well, she's somewhat dismissive of stuff she can't believe. Like, she she even dismissed her own powers at the beginning. So, I mean, yeah, she's kind of skeptical of things. But, like, I don't know. It's also healthy in uh, certain times. It's just, um, man, we are, we are really going into this, aren't we? So it really is just like a matter of like when to be skeptical or not. Like, I don't, like, it's, it's fine that Blythe is skeptical, but like, you've seen robotic birds, you've seen robots and robotic birds before. There's. There, there's no reason that this can't be a robot peacock. <laughs> no, no viable reason anyway. But Vinny isn't listening, and I guess Vinny's like in the other direction where he's willing to believe anything. And then Basil shows up, and he appears as like a silhouette against the pet door. And then Vinny runs away, saying, "Children and reptiles first. So again, not quite the point, but are aren't they all kind of children or at least teens? Like I I know teenagers don't like to be called children, but in like terms of what that means, that would include them. Like the, if you're under the age of 18 or whatever age you're legally an adult you are a child in the legal sense of women and children first not the point though (laughs) but whatever so uh basil walks in and he's wearing sunglasses but then the pet flap hits him on the way in and knocks the shades off but it keeps the lenses on, which is weird. Like, does he have like a, like a, like like shade layers or something? I don't know. That's 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 just weird. So he introduces himself as Basil the Peacock, and that his allergies are acting up, and uh. Ba- Basil just kind of seems 
uh, a little underwhelming. He's kind of like a neurotic neighbor in a sitcom. And then Minka asks, you're Basil the Peacock? And Basil corrects her to Basil, which is the British pronunciation of Basil. It's... Like, this stuff is fascinating to me. Like, I... Why, why is he named Bat... Why does he have the, like, English name, though, is what I'm wondering. And also, I just kind of do want to take a time in, out to appreciate <laughs> the difference between Basil and Basil. It's... It's... It's just interesting to me. But then he asks if a draft is coming in. And Minka is still in disbelief and asks again, and then asks for two forms of ID from Basil, preferably government-issued. Peacock fraud is not a real thing, Minka, and neither is voter fraud. So asking for two forms of ID, government-issued, like it's just... Like, like I, I get the joke. Again, I guess this isn't the point. I get the joke that she's just in so much disbelief that, like, Basil isn't, like, this superstar or this, like, cool, like, everyone wants to be friends. Like, basically, um, the parrot from, uh, uh Blythe's crush. I forgot his name. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to look through stuff because, like, that'll just take too long. Uh, not uh, like it's Ricardo, I think. No, I don't. Okay, now I'm. I'm at least looking through Wikipedia to see if uh, it is listed. Uh, Esteban. There it is. Okay. It, it's kind of like that but like whatever so basil takes uh an inhaler after he gets choked up which has a prescription on it which sure should serve as a form of id minka so i guess that leaves one other id left to go i don't know like i i do think like if a prescription has your name on it and, like, you can confirm with, like, your doctors or the person that gives you the prescription as a thing. You know, they, they like, scan it or call a number. And it's like, okay, you know, you're you. It's it's a thing. Ah, wow. So, uh, he then rubs sanitizer on himself. And uh, Russell asks, uh, what's up? Basil says he's sanitizing himself because he touched stuff in the limo ride and asks, do you know how many germs are on the door handles? Russell thinks he can answer that, but before he does, Blythe interrupts him and says he hopes he has a good time at Littlest Pet Shop, but unfortunately she can't stay because she's going to study algebra with young me and then leaves up the dumbwaiter. And Basil brings out a dehumidifier and asks where he can plug it in. Uh, uh... (laughs) I, I I love dehumidifiers. Like like at this old house we had we had one and it was just the best and I love I love it. It kind it always just reminds me of that little dehumidifier. 
when uh when a dehumidifier is brought up. It's uh it's a fun thing. So uh as Blythe gets out of the dumbwaiter, Young Me is like right there in in the dumbwaiter space, and Blythe gets spooked a bit. But Blythe realizes it's Young Me and asks if she's ready to study for algebra. But Young Me has something she wants to talk about first. So she's been thinking of ways Blythe could use her ability to talk to animals for the benefit of all of humanity. Blythe really just wants to study algebra, but Young Me says that it can wait. Blythe says that humanity needs to wait because she needs to pass this test. Otherwise, she might not get a good grade. <laughs> so Young Me, or at least the grade she doesn't want. She's in the math club. And as we've seen, the math club is semi-abusive. <laughs> like, it's not intentionally abusive. It's just, like, you're doing stuff that might be too complicated for middle schoolers. Are they still in middle school? It's, uh, this whole timeline thing is weird. Like, she's like three foot something, I think. I don't know actually what her height is. She looks like she should be three foot something. And that's, that's maybe middle school height. I, I don't know. I think she's supposed to be four foot or even five feet, but no, she's like at least a head shorter than Roger. Like, at least maybe a Blythe head even, and that's kind of big. It's it's this whole thing that that's why I can't say she's in high school for certain. Like especially at the beginning, but like maybe as time moves forward, it's. I am all over the place today. There is a lot that I did not plan on talking about here. It's it's just I don't know. I'm I'm feeling it. Like like I would have had this episode out sooner, but I just did not have the energy. And now I do. So, yay. <laughs> so, Young Me doesn't listen and gets the presentation materials and Blythe is a bit annoyed. So, meanwhile, the pets are impressed with something Basil did. Russell asks, and the pets explain that Basil reorganized the pet supplies. Russell sees this and is very impressed. Basil says that he wants to open up a store that specializes in shelves and organizing, and he even has a name for it. Basil's Shelf Help. Russell thinks that's clever and asks about his debut. And Basil starts freaking out and itching. Sunil comes to the conclusion that the mere thought of his botanical garden appearance makes him break out in hives. So Minka tries it three times and says Sunil is right. After the first time, you really should just have given up because you were right. I mean, I guess there's the idea of testing like multiple times like in science because like you know you can't just get one thing off of a result but at the same time science doesn't usually do that kind of thing because they don't really put people in uncomfortable uh scenarios it's it's why they don't like they don't do anything unethical in the name of science like like they can study things that 
are unethical as results, but they can't do it themselves. It's, I, I guess it's a thing. And I've been saying that a lot this episode. Basil is nervous because he can't present like other peacocks can because it kicks too much dander up and that's too much for his allergies. Pepper reassures Basil that everything will be fine. No one's talking about it. You'll probably just show up and it'll be over like that. And then Minnie says, what are you talking about? Everyone's talking about him. He pulls out the TV and turns it on and shows that he's all over the news. He's on billboards and even has air writing. Why do they have those images on the TV? <laughs> like the billboards and the air writing. He doesn't change to... He might change to two or three different news stations. It doesn't look like they were three different news stations, though. So does that mean Littlest Pet Shop has a spy satellite of some kind? Or multiple spy satellites? If so, who set them up? Is it Mrs. Twombly to spy on Fisher after the events of... um? War of the Weirds, so that she can get the jump on him, uh, like, in a public setting, because, like, I don't know if he, she wants to do it in a private setting, but that might also benefit her, because, you know, that might also prevent her from losing a doorknob to uh, Fisher, but Fisher has more money, so I don't think that, um, you know, matters that much but at the same time it's it's something so is it her sister who might be a spy doing spy stuff and using this as a possible base of operations that the pets have just stumbled on is it the pets themselves for some reason i doubt it's the pets themselves i think it's supposed to be three different news stations because he changes the channel I don't know. The pets don't seem to be aware of this or bring it up ever. But, like, I guess, like, it's like the simplest solution is the correct solution in some instances. But, like, with the show, some simplest solutions that the show expects aren't the simplest solutions that you would expect of the show. It's... It's weird like that. So Pepper yells at him for saying too much, and then Pepper tries to calm Basil down, but he's gone into hiding in the bench shelf thing. So that's, that's where the shelves were, by the way, in the bench shelf. Like, if you've been in a house or no wait no they they sell these but like there, there's these like benches that you can get that where you can lift it up and you can store stuff in there it's that i don't know what those are called like properly like the b bench storage things so <clears throat> whatever He's in there, and he says he's never coming out. So then, back in Blythe's room, young me presents her first idea. 
Sparks on Disk, a human-to-pet translation tool that can be used to help people understand their pets. We then go into Youngmi's imagination to see what an infomercial for this product would be like. It is being presented by Blythe and Youngmi, and they advertise the heck out of Barks on Disc. And use Zoe as an example for some of the phrases that you can learn, and you can order for three easy payments of $19.99. So, in reality, Blythe says that it's a good idea but you would need so many discs, and no one uses discs anymore because everything is digital. I mean, that would cancel out the idea, maybe? Because, like, if you don't have to worry about disc space, you just need to worry about, you know, digital space. And I know, like, computers don't have infinite space. I mean, clouds might, but it's weird and there are other problems as well but Blythe does not point them out but I will so it's harder to differentiate between animal sounds and other animal sounds like like we've heard Zoe barking like several times throughout the show like they do the same like bark 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 for like different things that Zoe says so like there's there's like that bit of translation error that can occur which might actually explain why uh professor uh Superman like didn't get it right because like there's there there might be a complexity that we're not picking up or something but like 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 other languages have like stuff words that sound alike and like this also like animal noises is that like to an extreme i guess uh and then also, you would need ones for every language, which would, like, get a lot of, a lot more than just the, like, ones you would need for many different pets. So, it's, like, time-consuming, if anything, which I guess is Blythe's point earlier. And, like, especially because Blythe would need to learn other languages and she doesn't seem to have the capacity for that like she's pretty smart but like she she has a hard time learning French into Paris with Zoe and like trying to organize like different language kinks is really hard like even if it's a language you speak like i'm speaking english i don't know every like mishap or mistake that can happen with english it's there there are a lot english is very complicated but even with like 
a simpler language there's always so much and especially because like your brain like understands a language differently because a different language differently because like i don't know okay so i guess side story time so uh like if you were to put in google translate like something like i'm i'm like doing this podcast or something if you were to translate it into japanese and then translate it back it would say i am doing this podcast or something the important part is the difference between i'm and i am so that made me think that uh japanese does not have contractions but i looked it up and japanese does have contractions it just has contractions elsewhere so like e- even if you know the rules like applying them to different languages like gives you a lot of things to work with and like Blaith Blaith can't do all of that <laughs> it's uh, th- like okay so the idea of pet translation it's good it's something like like i it's something that like they seem to be actively striving for but like Blythe can't do it herself it it's like an impossible undertaking and you know we'll we'll get to another reason why that doesn't work like much later much later <laughs> because of how long all these tangents are taking but Blythe just wants to get back to algebra but young me has more ideas so back downstairs Basil is breathing heavily and Penny reminds him to use his inhaler so he does and Pepper says that we need to get Basil into shape for his TV appearance she suggests putting him through a performance camp as she has experienced performing in front of people although the one time you did that or well the one time you performed in front of people people you basically froze but i guess that's because you're here like eight, one of your heroes was there and you have problems with hero worship so like i guess everyone else has so whatever uh so she says that no one is totally helpless then basil freaks out because there's a spider in here and then Weber leaves the bench shelf and then packs a suitcase and maybe leaves leaves or goes away for like like is this the reason why he's not in more episodes because he just moved because a like temporary day camper was here cowards <laughs> oh man I mean, they gave me the idea to call them cowards with that whole, like, bit in uh, the sister's story. <laughs> but, like, it's it's so good. It's such a good call-out. I can't say no to that. So then, we get to idea number two from young me. Pet weather reporting. Because animals have the ability to predict the weather, Blaith can use that to help 
tell the weather. So we then cut to an imaginative weather report presented by Blythe, where a little birdie told her that it'll snow tomorrow, and then thanks the bird, who's in a little suit, and that's adorable. She then shows footage of Sunil on the scene where it's raining and windy. It seems weird that it'll snow the next day, but we've actually seen weirder weather in reality. At the in the reality of the show with the blitzer, so I, I you know I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> so uh, Sunil advises everyone to take cover because it's rainy and windy, and a cat lands on Sunil, and Blaith repeats that the people should take cover because it's a cat NATO, and <laughs> you see the poster. For for cat NATO, <laughs> like it's an actual thing. Uh, uh, I I love I love it whenever uh like they take the Mickey out of uh Shark NATO because <laughs> like uh, it's so it's such a like striking idea for a movie. <laughs> Like, Sharknado is, like, just right. I know, like, most of the stuff, like, that that movie studio, like, produces, like, intentionally uh, not-so-great stuff. But, like, Sharknado, like, just, like, it, it, there's a reason why Sharknado hit the mainstream. (laughs) Okay, uh... So anyway, uh, in real life, Blythe agrees that, that too is a good idea, but it's just too much of an undertaking. Cause like, do you know how much it costs to operate your own weather thing? Like, you probably need something in meteorology before you can even get like a license. And if you want to be unlicensed, but just in right all the time, that's something. But, like, it, it is too much. Blaith really wants to get to algebra, but young me has one more idea. So, the pets are trying to get Basil out, but they are having trouble. Zoe offers a throat lozenge, and Basil just gets out immediately because peacocks love throat lozenges. And then Pepper closes the bench organizer shelf thing. And Pepper insists that all of his allergies are in his head, which is not, like, the right thing to say. But then Basil says she is right because there are sinus allergies and his sinuses are in his head. So that's a, that's a nice little turn on its head. So Pepper says she knows what it's like to perform in front of a crowd because she's a comedian. Then she tells Basil that she will help him get ready and everyone else will help. And everyone else is like, so then we cut to Zoe helping with walking and Basil attempts, but gets nervous and trips and falls. He gets tied up into some yarn and Zoe says she's not sure where it came from, but his performance was terrible. So then they try getting looks down and ask Basil to take off his glasses and follow Pepper's scent. Basil is allergic to pepper scent and then walks away and crashes again. 
He's tied up in yarn again, and Zoe asks where it keeps coming from. <laughs> Pepper then says that this might take time, and Vinny freaks out saying that they don't have time because his debut is this afternoon and everyone's going to be watching, and then Pepper hits him over the head with a rubber chicken. Vinny says he might have said too much again, and the rest of the pets are trying to keep Basil out of the bench storage area. So meanwhile, young me presents her last idea. Blythe is watching like on her bed, but she's upside down and looking upside down. And it's shot from that for a little while. And it's fun. I like that. So, young me says that they can solve crimes. So-called witnessless crimes that had animal witnesses but couldn't be talked to until now. Which piques Blythe's interest. She says that they can open up their own agency, like the super cute investigators. Which, it's somewhat odd that they like something that the Biscuits like, but they also went to the Biscuits' party to go see Soul Patches. So, it's fine. It's also a teenager-y thing as well. Popular with them teens, you know. Anyway, we get another imaginative sequence where Blythe and Young Me are the SCI. And Young Me informs Blythe that this crime had no witnesses. Blythe says that there was, but you need to keep your head to the ground. She then crouches down and gets information from a snail. And then she comes up knowing who did it. So snails can talk. I, I would have forgotten that had I not wrote it in my notes. <laughs> Thank you, past me. You will you will be appreciated. <laughs> so that's like snails, spiders, bees, and um there's one more mosquitoes that can talk and then flies, butterflies, and ants that can't talk. Unless young me doesn't no, if snails can talk that see that's that's the problem with this like that that never comes up essentially i mean it's also like a problem that like not every animal has audible sounds that can be translated and since this is sort of based on new york and new york city has the highest concentration of different languages. That is also a problem, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, this seems all right. So anyway, as I was saying, she gets information from a snail and says that she knows who did it. And then young me says, you mean? And then Blythe says, that's right. I snailed it. <laughs> So, uh, also based on this, super cute investigators, or at least, or like more so this version where it's Blythe and she can talk to animals or has an ability, like a, a real ability to help, but not the police presence or mind or whatever. It, it seems more like psych than any like procedural. 
So in reality, Blaith really likes that idea. And then gets thrown off by saying that. And like she doesn't have anything to come back with. Youngmi is excited and goes home to do some research on how to get this whole thing rolling. And Blythe is like, what? So, back downstairs, Pepper informs Basil that she'll get him to present. Then she dresses up as a typical coach look, like in uh, like the sports movies, or like Rocky or whatever. And then a song plays. It's another montage song but this time it plays over a montage of them training uh specifically training basil to get him to present and like he does it one feather at a time a little bit and it's like he's doing it he's really doing it and then once all of his feathers are up the music breaks and he sneezes and everyone is down some yarn rolls in and zoe points at it and is like like she like, nothing audible happens with Zoe, but it's like, you see that, right? It's like, yarn. It's always here for some reason. So, later, Blaith comes down to check on everyone, and Pepper tells her about the plumage problem. She says that it's not all bad. Everything's uh, organized thanks to him. And Pepper is worried that, like, if this problem isn't fixed by the time he has to present, his confidence will be destroyed. Blythe points out that he has confidence, at least when it comes to organization, and it's just a matter of getting that confidence out. Pepper says that she's tried everything short of using a vacuum cleaner to suck it out. Blythe says that, uh, she's heard that a physical object can help with a mental block, so maybe find him a lucky charm. She then receives a text from Young Me saying that she has a list of unsolved crimes in the area. Pepper is curious, but Blythe says not to ask. She leaves to talk with Young Me and reminds Pepper to find a lucky charm. Pepper looks around and sees a bow tie that like we can see like in the entirety of the scene. So like it's been there, so whatever. So, uh, she grabs it and calls Basil over for asking for organizational help. She informs him that this is a very serious good luck charm that she would hate to misplace. She says that it can help pets do things that they thought they couldn't do. Basil is intrigued and says that, like, you could file it away a few things, but he wants to take a look at it first. Pepper presents Basil with the bow tie, and Basil is unimpressed at first. But then Pepper continues and says that a lot of pet celebrities have used it, like Sharuk, Madame Pom, even Old Bananas, saying Old Banana was just like you before he got his start. And then look at him. Basil is very impressed and asks for it. Vinny also wants it, but Zoe and Penny shush him. Pepper puts it on Basil, and he begins to feel its power. Uh, Pepper says that that might just be the antihistamine, but whatever. But now we are at the ceremony. I made a mistake. Blythe doesn't talk to young me right away exactly, but I mean, she's left. So they're at the ceremony. Everyone is excited and Mrs. T and Blythe are there. And Blythe hopes Pepper found something. So the pets are backstage with 
Basil, but Mrs. T and Blythe are in the crowd for some reason, which is odd. So uh, they wish Basil luck, and Basil takes off his glasses and walks out. And after he passes by a plant, his bow tie comes undone, but he still goes on, and everyone is in awe, and they like him. But Basil begins presenting and goes for his bow tie, only to find that it's not there. He starts breaking out into hives again, and the pets wonder what to do. Pepper says that they gotta show him he's always had the confidence. Pepper leads Basil away with a different scent, which is a nice touch because he was allergic to the other scent, and informs Basil that uh, he didn't need the bow tie in the first place, and it was a lie, and he lost it before he noticed, and was still, like, being confident. She gives him his glasses back, and tells him he's always had the confidence, and, like, gets him out there. And Basil, now confident, fully presents, and everyone is amazed. And Mrs. T comments on his beauty, and Blythe says, yeah, inside and out. And that's a nice little touch. So after that, Blythe is back to studying algebra when young me comes in dressed in a trench coat, saying she's dressed to be a detective. Blythe pulls Young Me aside and says she likes the ideas, and like she's really impressed with this one. But she just wants to be a regular kid for as long as possible. Young Me understands, and it's a completely understandable feeling. It makes perfect sense. Like, so, like, a hero isn't defined by powers, but by actions, and it's perfectly okay not to be brave enough to, like, do these heroic or, like, helpful deeds if you're just not up to it. Like, like I mean, there, there's a certain... It's hard. It's very hard to do them. But, like, superheroes do them anyway, and, like, some have the benefit of, like, powers that can help them but like some don't like Batman and like even some people with powers like don't help like like it's it's really highlighted in uh Wolverine and the X-Men uh I'm not sure if it's highlighted elsewhere like, I'm sure it exists, but, like, not every, like, mutant is necessarily, like, an X-Men. Like, they're not, like, on field missions doing stuff. Because, like, while they're mutants, like, they might not fully understand their powers. And even if they do, they might not like want to help because it's kind of like dangerous and stuff and it's like that's a completely understandable feeling like she wants to you know just be herself and just like like there's like a part of superheroing where like yeah you can be yourself but like it's also a huge undertaking and Blythe just Blythe just needs some time for herself, even if she does do something big. And then it's just 
Like, Blythe is uncomfortable telling people about this. Like, like with, like, superheroes, it's not a matter of being uncomfortable telling them that they're there's people. It's just a matter of, like, you know, like, the whole idea of secrecy. Like, essentially what the Civil War comic run was about. But, like, like... It, it's it's just a lot of pressure on Blythe, and Blythe doesn't really want to deal with that pressure at the moment. Like, she might have to deal with it eventually, but, like, she doesn't want to do that now. So Youngmi apologizes, saying that she went overboard, but Blythe points out that her head was just in the right place. And it's, like, fine. Which, like, I kind of like this B-plot... Because it feels like an extension of the secret recipe where young me wants to do something big, but Blythe, uh, like, needs to voice her concerns, but, like, kind of can't because young me's just too eager and doesn't want to, and she doesn't want to let young me down. And it's just great for that reason. So Blythe says she does wish she can do something to help unite people in pads. She just doesn't know what to do, like, without revealing her powers. It's hard, like I said. So Young Me takes Blythe's panda hat, which was hanging on her um, headboard pole thing the whole episode, and says that these are really nice. Blythe then says what Cora told her, think pets but designed for people. And then she realizes something she can do. Uh, she can make a gathering for people and pets just to hang out and grow closer. Like, just a fun little hangout where, like, pets and people can just be themselves or whatever. And then they come up with the name Pet Fest simultaneously. Blaith wants to work on it right away. Or at least as soon as they're finished studying algebra. Young Me then pulls out a list saying that if that falls through, this is a list of unsolved crimes in the area. They laugh, but then a snail appears in the window like he actually knows something. I think that's the thing they were going for. It's hard to tell. Well, okay, it's very easy to tell. That is what they were going for, but it, it I think that's what they were going It's... Mm. It's hard to tell because I don't know how else that snail is animated. Like, if he's shocked or if he's just, like, whatever. And that ends the episode. So, overall, I like this episode. It's not great, but it is good. It's one that, you know, you get the gist of it. It's it's fun. It has a lot of great jokes in it. And, like, it's just good. Like, I prefer the B story to the A story, but the A story is still good. It's not like other... Like, it's not like a few other episodes where, like, I could not care less about one of the stories and the other story is great. Or even just one story great, one story kind of mediocre. This is... Like, the A story is still good. And, you know, the whole thing... Like, th there's a lot 
going on with this episode and it's 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 just very fun and I liked doing the episode. So uh, that will be it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast. Be sure to leave your comments and reviews on iTunes, on Shout Engine, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go. When um, they have a list of unsolved crimes in the area. And be sure to tune in next time for the episode Sue Syndrome. I will see you then.